0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen and Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on Article 27 of the Augsburg Confession. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran
1: Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. <laughs> and Pastor I'm... Adam Osher. I have no
2: idea. I was looking at you and waiting for you to talk. We've, <laughs> really? We've done this a hundred times, yeah. and I'm like, why am I going third? <laughs> yeah. My, I wasn't even starting to talk. I no, was like, I know. I was looking at you. He was like, why is Adam not talking? Oh, this is my turn to talk. I got to
3: say something. No, so right. it's it's Brett, Jason, Adam. We're all yeah. here. Yeah. yeah,
2: we are We are here. We're here, and uh, I promise we've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. It's kind of like one of those things where uh, yeah. you're leading the liturgy at church, uh, and the thing you've said yep. thousands th- of this times. This
1: is why I still have everything right in front of me, because yeah. even, even though I could yeah. say it from memory, but...
3: I can't tell you how many times I have told people I believe in the communion of sins,
1: uh. right? Because, I,
3: you know, it's just all of a sudden you panic in the moment uh, instead of yeah. the forgiveness of sins, the communion of the saints, right? That An whole part Excellent of the confession
2: of concupiscence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. And yeah, there you go. But yeah, well, uh, I had a couple of years ago, I had a worship service where I forgot the Lord's prayer. I literally had no idea what it And is you that. started
1: it's... it out. Now I lay me down.
3: To yeah,
2: sleep. Right. I pray the Lord. By... Yeah, one time I, I
1: prayed the Lord's Prayer when we were supposed to be saying the Apostles' Creed. Oh, yeah. And a lady in the congregation just raised her hands and said, Pastor, wait, I think we're doing the wrong thing. And yeah.
2: <laughs> It's nice to have ladies oh, yeah. in the congregation. That's right. Yeah. Just roll with it, Edna. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, we're off to a great start for this episode. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. This has good. been Pastor Talk yeah. with Brett, Adam, right. and Jason. 90 seconds of yes. trying to make Jason feel better that he yeah. forgot his yeah. name. I screwed uh, up. I right. own it. That would be fun, Pastor Talk. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's kind of what we're doing, anyhow. But yeah. um, no, but today we are in uh, part two. Uh, last week we began a discussion on uh, Augsburg Confession, uh, Article 27, uh, and its apology. And so we're continuing that discussion here. And uh, we started talking about vows. Um, we talked last time a bit of the history. And um, let's, let's start the discussion here today uh, just thinking of, is there ever a time when vows are, are good or, or if they're okay?
2: It's, it's so interesting here. Because maybe, and in, in, I'm not, I'm not really conversant on the content of the Roman confutation to the Augsburg Confession, mostly because, as we've mentioned several times before, it's awful. Is that <laughs> next next year's Book of Concord reading plan? Yeah, uh, confutation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be something, wouldn't it?
3: Uh, uh, we will sell boards that you can beat your head on. Yeah, as yeah, you read yeah it. Right. Well, and, yeah. again, being Lutheran branded, even we should do that. <laughs> that Lutheran- write that down, yeah. Brett. Yeah. Yeah. That That'll right.
2: be the first merch. Is the the uh, <laughs> like the Boards in Monty Python that <laughs> yeah, no. whack themselves in the head. Deo Gracias. <laughs> All right, guys, come on. Let's go. Hurting the squirrels. What, uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. When, anyway. views, when are, when are v- views?
3: Views. Vows. Vows. When are they okay, Jason? Well, and Tell so us.
2: the confutation, which even Roman Catholic theologians will say was awful. Again, what ends up happening is the Council of Trent becomes the official response to the Reformation, yeah. right? Okay. So Uh, They get really close to saying, guys, this is in scripture, and they don't normally do that. But what the Roman theologians (laughs) do is say, no, guys, monastic vows have their root in scripture and it's like no vows do it has nothing to do with monasticism and so they kind of give us a systematic list of some of the vows in scripture and yeah. it's not that bad of a list not really not too bad. Not so too shabby yeah. the, the the roman catholics identify the Nazarite vow in Numbers six which we'll be talking about in the next episode yep. in our old testament bible study you have the very interesting case which we've we've come close to doing and still haven't of the recabites in jeremiah a a, a group of people, a group of Israelites that just want to stand out apart from the corruptions of normal worldly Israelite life, and that's uh, Jeremiah 36 <laughs> is where the Rechabites show up. Uh, there, there are like very specific vows that people make in Scripture, you know, vows of purity. Uh, you have Jephthah's weird vow yeah, in the Book right. of Judges. Yep. Vows to love your spouse. Vows, marriage vows. Interestingly enough, yeah, and and so all of this conversation about biblical vows, the apology immediately responds to that, and. Th- You know, as the Lutherans do, it's like, no, guys, we're not getting rid of good works. We just want good works in their proper places. No, we're not getting rid of vows. We just want vows in the proper place. And so Melanchthon rounds back and says, legitimate vows should be kept. Pause. He starts to hold up the microphone. Like vows of marriage, <laughs> boom! Mic drop. Walks off stage. Right? Uh, yeah. When yeah. 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 Melanctha comes, like you guys are so. Melanchthon had
1: a little spark to him. Yeah, yeah. he could. He could get yeah. chippy. He, yeah. could he would get not chippy. drop
3: the mic, though. Yeah. He was no. kind. He's like Brett.
2: Brett wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Brett would be right, and he would let you know he's right. Yeah. No, Melanchthon drops the mic. He's like, "Did I break it? Do I need to buy another one? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, guys." But no, because you know, it's like you guys are so concerned about vows. What about marriage? vows, right? What about that you guys have literally in Germany forced priests and monks who were getting married to divorce their wives to be priests and monks, right? He's like, let's order our theology properly and scripturally. All that comes back to love of neighbor, Yep. right? And
3: and when our vows, these vows in in large part, and, and I'm just cursorily 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 we're looking over your list here i don't know what that word is but you know just just glancing over the list there we go glancing is such a good word all right so i'm glancing over the list none of those vows have anything to do with uh, a violation of the command to love your neighbor in fact they if those commands are those vows excuse me help you to love your neighbor i think they're very helpful like vowing to be uh, you know, committed to my wife is a good vow, right? And it's, it's, it's helpful it's,
2: to several neighbors. Yes,
3: it's in it's exactly my wife, my children, myself, those around
2: me, right? All of women those in the community. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
2: well, derailed yeah. you on that even one, even them, I? <laughs> Jason, even
3: the women in the community. No, but the reality is, is uh, what what ends up happening with the the monastic vows is they become a complete violation of that. They become a, a violation yeah. of the command to love one's neighbor and really becomes this inward focused, uh, cent- centralized uh, demonstration of piety, which takes eyes off of Jesus, yep. burdens consciences,
2: and doesn't help anybody at all. Yeah, there's a there's a baseline pattern that's established here is we take our good works for our credit and they end up becoming selfish. You know, We, we do all of these horizontal things, We try to put them in the vertical realm and say, no, this is how we love God. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is, wait, God has told us in the law how to love him. It, it, it involves the first commandment, having faith in him instead of in other gods. It involves in the second commandment, using his name properly in prayer. And it, comes, it involves the third commandment, resting in the, the gospel that Jesus Christ has died for us, and then going to hear God's word on the Sabbath. And receiving his gifts. And receiving yeah. his gifts, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else is for neighbor. Mm-hmm. And What's interesting is that when you round out to, to legitimate vows, yeah. and, and you round out to that... sort. Of thing in in Melanchthon's mind, he's not explicit on this, but it's implicit in the apology. This ends up becoming an eighth commandment issue. Hmm. Let's keep our word mm-hmm. for the sake of our neighbor. Let your yes be yeah. yes,
1: your no be no. Let yeah.
2: your yes be yes, let your no be no. If you make a promise, keep it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: And and
3: the positive side of the eighth commandment, what is it? Um, I'm, I'm going to be put on the spot now, and I don't remember. But do not bear is,
2: false witness against do, your neighbor.
3: I know what that. Yeah, I know the <laughs> commandment. Sorry, person, thank you. I was catechism I was, class here, I, yeah. but it, Luther's, yeah. Luther's explanation, right? I should fear and love God, so that, you know. Um, I defend my neighbor's reputation, basically. Yep. That's the end result, the positive side of that commandment, which is, again, coming back to that same central idea of loving your neighbor.
2: Yeah, and it's, but always speak well right. of him, right? Yeah. I yes. think is how yeah. the explanation is. And
3: defend is. him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the way you were talking about it, Adam, made me think of that, that verse in Mark where um, it says, but if you say, if a man says, I, if you, you tell his father or mother, whatever you would have have is gained from me, is, is Corbin given to God? It's like he's mm-hmm. giving things to God, but not serving the neighbors in his life. Yeah, yeah he's yeah.
2: giving things to God at the expense of his yes. parents, yep. which isn't loving. Right. Right? It's it's that whole thing it's in 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 that passage in one of the gospels mm-hmm. is is what leads into you hypocrites you are whitewashed tombs mm-hmm. you have the appearance of holiness but inside are full of dead men's bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such a I that that might be the most powerful rhetoric Jesus has in the entire gospels yeah. is that identifying the the the, the depravity mm-hmm. of man-made piety, right? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, I mean Oh
1: man, that that right there there's a lot Lot
2: to well, sink our teeth in. Yeah. At this point, let's stop bludgeoning the Roman Catholics, <laughs> and, use, it, <laughs> and let's turn our right. let's turn
3: our crosshairs
2: yeah. to the gener- generic, <laughs> yeah. American, generic church. American church. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But that, th- this happens in the American church in spades. You I mean, you weren't joking, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, it. And <laughs> right. When, so, I mean, how can we? I mean, Jesus said, you know, you whitewash tombs. Um, yeah maybe there is a maybe we do need to speak it in those types of terms towards the generic
2: american Evangelical well, I, as long as we recognize that this is the default position of our sinful neighbor. You know, yeah. There's some people, yep. I, I, I've had to correct a little bit, we, you know, in this, in this term I've coined, the generic American Christianity, there's, there's a group out there that thinks I'm just basically talking about Baptists,
1: uh. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I, Whatever kind of Baptist yeah, you want to be. It's, meet. it's yeah. the
2: default Christian expression yeah. of our, you know, and the more and more I think about it, when I'm thinking about generic American Christianity, what I'm really doing is thinking of Christian Smith's term, moralistic therapeutic deism. It just doesn't really roll off the tongue, right? It's this therapeutic Christianity where we do something to make ourselves feel better. I mean, it's Stuart Smalley Christianity because I'm good enough Mm. and I'm smart enough and And gosh darn it, it, people people like like me, me. you know, that sort of thing. And this prescribed piety to show my dedication to God, that's what we do. We're always taking that chart and making the horizontal love for neighbor, vertical love for God. And what we end up doing then is denying our neighbor the love he needs and giving to God something he already has. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well said. Wow. The,
3: the nature of what you're talking about, Jason, the whole idea of uh, is it moralistic therapeutic deism? Yep. I, I yeah. want to say therapeutic moralistic deism, but yeah, it doesn't M-T- matter. All, it's yeah. all the same heresy, right? It's all the same problem, but uh, it works out in so many ways. In my ministry, I'm not, uh, I haven't been a pastor comparatively for a long time. I mean, 12 years, you know, or 10, 12 years, something like that. What year is it? Yeah, about 11 years. We'll go right in the middle. We'll, we'll take 11, yeah. right? Always shoot for the middle. And, and your, But before that, I'm, I'm thinking of experiences that I had as uh, working as the dorm uh, resident head here. And I, I worked with a lot of young men who the were, were Lutheran coming Lutheran through Bible college, college. Yep. back in the day at the Free Lutheran Bible College. Start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's work. A
2: sponsor of the Being <laughs> I a free Podcast. A sponsor of the Being Lutheran <laughs> yes. Podcast. Yes, yeah, right.
3: The, but, but in that experience of, of ministering in in all varieties, a variety of contexts. It's really always coming back to this very thing. Hmm. It's it's trying to help people recognize the stupid vows that they've made uh, and how they really impact their relationship to the savior. And, and I think sometimes it goes in, in a number of different directions. You have the example of a person who um, is so overwhelmed by the rules that they have put upon themselves, that they have to do this, 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 and this. They've promised God, just like Luther in that lightning storm, it's going to be okay if I, I just, I'll, I'll do this, God, if you get me through it. And then they fail and they hate themselves and they're so frustrated with who they are, they're so disgusted that they become angry at God and they walk away and they they just dive headlong into sin. Or you have the, uh, the other, you know, avenue that you can go in this direction is really one of, you make those same vows, I'm going to try really hard, but the vows that you make don't match up with the vows of scripture and and they, they become bite-sized chunks of manageable pieces of the law yeah. and and yeah. you do that and you become a Pharisee, you become prideful. And it's always, I, I think ministry in a, in a nutshell is always pointing people to the reality of the righteousness that comes, not by things that I've done not of my own, but righteousness that comes by faith, and that comes through Christ. That's really the heart of what this comes back to. But the rest of it is, we're constantly making these vows. We're
1: constantly making
3: new these year's promises. resolutions,
1: new year's vows. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Well, all of those, and and promises we make to God in an effort to secure a reward for ourselves. So, you know, so there, there's a starting point, and it, it this actually ends up becoming a second commandment issue. Then you know, mm-hmm. where we pit our words against God's word. Right? We pit our, us against what God wants us to use. Second Commandment is all about prayer. Yep. It's all about using God's name appropriately. It's inappropriate to uh, bargain with God. That is to use His name inappropriately, and most. Uh, American Christians, the way we pray is if we're trying to convince an unwilling God to do something (laughs) for us, Mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite, that Luther's explanation in all seven of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer is that we're praying for what God has already promised to be doing, Mm -hmm. every part of the Lord's Prayer. In the introduction,
3: his introduction to it, our Father, that we believe that he is our Father, that he hears us when we come to him. Right. All of those promises, I mean that that's Luther's whole point is that God wants to hear. (laughs) He wants to hear. He wants us to call to him. And he invites us to those things because he has gifts that he is going to give to us, but mostly he's giving us himself. Yep, exactly. Right. And and I think that's something we we fail to understand is that we 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 love God because we want things from God. um, but really God wants us to He is the gift, He is the reward, He's the thing we should seek, not the, the results.
2: Yeah, and what you're talking about, Adam, this idea of being angry with God and walking away from the faith, this is something I've added to my catechetical material as I've continued to study the structure and the layout of the catechism, is it, frequently Lutherans have this distinction that works, righteousness, law-based Christianity ends up in one of two destinations. Yeah, it ends pride, up in despair, despair, and then the other one is pride, right? Mm-hmm. So you end up in being crushed by the law mm-hmm. uh, because you can't ever do enough, or you end up in pride. and, and Which is what... Your description, yep. Adam, yeah. was before.
3: Yep, well, and, and and that that very description is word for word spelled out in the formula. Yeah, exactly. I mean, word for word, that whole it's either going to be despair or pride.
2: And and it's true. But what I was thinking of is pride is never satisfied to just be proud. Pride needs to be acknowledged by other people. And social media has done us the great service of demonstrating this over and over again, right? (laughs) Uh, Virtue signaling really took off once you could tell everyone that you have the right belief about something on social media. And you could peacock about saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, how holy, righteous, and just I am. (laughs) Uh, The pride, if it is not given its recompense ends up in bitterness, and that's where we see people fall into these deconstruction movements and Mm -hmm. walk away. No one walks away from the faith because they're proud. People walk away from the faith because they're embittered embittered towards God, God. and that's because they think God owes them something for their piety. And, And what I discovered is that the Ten Commandments give us a really interesting structure for how we feel we are entitled when we obey the law, right? So if you look, especially horizontally, I'm still working it out. I've got the first three commandments. I want to work it out a little bit, but uh, everything on the second table shows up as an entitlement. Hmm. So if I think I've obeyed the fourth commandment and God owes me something, what the fourth commandment shows up for in a life of entitlement is power rather than authority. If if I think uh, I've obeyed the seventh commandment about not stealing. The seventh commandment, the entitlement of the seventh commandment is wealth. In fact, the entire prosperity gospel is a system of forcing God into giving you wealth because you think you're righteous. Mm -hmm. You think you've kept think You you have enough faith that you've done. The, The eighth commandment, which is what we're really talking about here with vows, is fame that if I uh, protect reputation, if I obey the law, if I I think I should be acknowledged for that. And it's these entitlements, when God doesn't behave in the way that we think he should, when we've painted him into a corner, that's when we become embittered. That's when we deconstruct. That's when we deconstruct. And that the the Lutherans in the 16th century, although they weren't specifically going there, that's where they end up, is that the, the danger of monasticism, the danger of these monastic vows, the danger of taking horizontal righteousness in the name of loving your neighbor and your vocations will always lead one to become embittered towards God. You replace Jesus with yourself. And so you're always like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I deserve this. And eventually God said, no, (laughs) no, you don't. You know, it's, it's Jesus or nothing. And the, why, Luther and even Melanchthon come out so strongly against monasticism. Isn't that just that monasticism is bad? It's that it's going to lead to abandoning the faith. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, this is all over Scripture.
3: This isn't one like proof text that we're picking up on. I mean, it's, just, it's everywhere in the New Testament, this mentality that you're describing. It's the older brother, for instance. Yep, it's exactly the, the older son, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that the, the father you No, know, what I, all I have is yours. You know, basically, you have me. You have me. Your brother didn't, he was lost. And all of a sudden now it's like, oh, wait a minute. He didn't want God for God's sake. He wanted God for things. Well, and that's what he says. He Our goes to his father, father things, and he
2: says, I, 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 I have never disobeyed you, which is a lie. I have you know, always faithfully served you, which we know by his attitude is a lie. And then you have yeah, failed. Yeah. And you have failed me. It's, uh, it is, the, it is the, a repackaging of Adam's second sin. So you, the first sin is to disobey God's word and, and mm-hmm. eat the fruit. The second sin is Adam turns around and he says, this woman whom you gave to me mm-hmm. deceived me. Right? And so he f- throws the blame back on God. And and this is what monasticism is going to end up in, is that I have lived this pious, righteous life, and if you don't bless me in the way that I expect to be blessed, then it's God's problem and not mine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wonder of the celebrity Christians and generic American Christianity over the last 10 years that have walked away from the faith, I wonder how, how many of them you can put into that category. Yeah.
3: I, I think of Josh Harris. You know, Joshua Harris and his whole, like, his stating goodbye. And we've talked about that, I think, in, in maybe recent weeks. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But the whole deconstruction on his part, reading his book, going through that purity culture back like we did when mm-hmm. we were, yep. you know, teenagers. in college age in college, or yep. teenagers. And, and we were going looking at, at what he had to say. And every, every bit of it, I go back and I read, every bit of it is law. Every bit of it is got to do more. you got to try harder. you got to cover up because you've wrecked the pie. Right? If you've sinned sexually in any way, you've wrecked the pie, and there's no way to fix that pie. There's no way to make it better. Well, and, and, there, and, so, and so you go through all this, and then finally he gets to the end of his rope, though. Josh, Josh Harris gets to the end of his rope, and he realizes, wait a minute. I can't do this. I can't do this. Man, I was wrong. Man, I was really wrong.
2: And Forget you, God. Yeah, How did you let this happen? The whole thing, would that he at that point have been met with the gospel mm-hmm. instead of with silence? But you look at that system of the purity. Purity culture is maybe Christian monasticism right now. Yeah, maybe, I was going to say a modern yeah. form of yeah. of that. And. Yep. and I mean, again, if you guys remember to the nineties and the early aughts, when this was just running rampant is that they invented this thing called second virginity. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's exactly what the gospel isn't yeah. is second virginity was the, this whole thing that God's giving me a second chance to get it right. And it's one, it's a yeah. denial of reality <laughs> because it, I mean, if you've been, you know, promiscuous, you're no longer a virgin. You can't change that. Right. Yeah. And it denies the gospel to the broken, the battered and the bruised. It's like, like okay, and you literally had to fill out cards. Yeah, you filled out cards. Were, there were cards. You've either you know you you've
3: not you, you've rem- remained a virgin. I'm, I forget we're on air. We got to be careful how we say this, but <laughs> you know uh, you, you've remained a virgin, right? Uh, and and then you, you commit to that again. So there were cards, and you put that card. Remember in your Bible, you guys ever yeah.
2: remember that? And there was the purity ring that came with it. Yeah, yep. I, don't, I don't know if I ever. And, experienced and then there was that. one if you had yeah. if
3: you had already you know smushed the pie. It sounds way worse than it should have been. But you know what I mean? That's not a if you've euphemism already...
2: I expected.
3: <laughs> you've already marred it, right? But you sign it again. Here's another one. God will forgive you. Here's your second chance. But, but yep. you need to commit to it. Sign up. Yep. And then you, you too can have this lovely ring.
2: And, and, and the people who are well-intentioned saying the gospel is the gospel's second, third, and fourth chances. No, that's not what the gospel is. The gospel is you screwed up. And you screwed up to the extent that you can't fix it. Yep. It is irreversible damage that you've done to your soul. You've killed yourself. Oh, honey, we couldn't give you enough chances. <laughs> yeah, That's and, what Jesus says. And, and in that death, God comes, you, comes to you and raises you to life. You don't have to prepare yourself for God. You, you, you don't have to commit to getting it right from this point forward. Amen. You don't have to bargain with God and say, if Tory Hunter hits a home run in this at bat, <laughs> and the twins go to the World Series, <laughs> I'll go into then, seminary. Yeah, I'll be a super committed Christian. None of that works out like that yeah. because the gospel is way better.
3: That sounds like yeah. a
1: very
2: specific prayer you once I was going to say, prayed. that sounds very uh, I may or may realistic. not be speaking from yes.
1: experience. And that's the thing I love about getting together and talking with you guys like this is we get a chance to uh, expose some of these things and then just preach the gospel straight up. And so, you know, I'm thinking of our listeners today and you've gotten a chance to hear hear the grace and and I want, uh, maybe we should wrap up here. Uh, I want us to just be thankful for that today that um, the Lord is, is meeting us in that. In all of our Vows that we've made, and and all the mistakes we've made. Uh, the way you said it there, God's God's grace, uh, full and free, is is delivered to us.
2: If you are the the worst sinner, if you are the 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 harlot Gomer, who has never even tried, or if you are the worst monk who has tried and failed, Jesus' blood covers you either way. And what God desires is your repentance and faith in him. And he gives you both of those things in the gospel. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary invites you to their campus in Plymouth, Minnesota for the 2023 Seminary Symposium. January 11th through the 13th, speakers will consider the influence of the early church fathers and the implications for the church today. Find more information at flbc.edu slash events. God bless you and have a great week.